You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show, episode number 74, Valentine's Day, and I'm welcoming my co-host today, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina? Hi there. I'm doing wonderful. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day to you. And, you know, we first have to get this out of the way. A huge apology to the Recovered Life community for us not being on air uh, this last week. I had COVID, unfortunately. So I was Mr. Hack up a lung and there was just no way that I could actually get on and do the episode. And we were bummed because I had so many really cool announcements that we're going that we want to do. So we're just going to have to do these here, Christina. Yeah. It's okay. We can do it now. It's lovely, right? Exactly. And you have no to time take like care the presence. Exactly. You know, the thing was the thing is about this COVID thing. It finally hit me. It you know, did. we were talking about I dodged it, dodged it, dodged it, and finally, <laughs> you know, I don't I, mean to laugh, but <laughs> it is. It's hilarious. It's, and you were I in the, denial. I the big COVID. Yeah, I, and I was in denial. You were and in I denial. took the test. It came back negative. And I was like, hey, I skated it. I just have a cold. No, no yeah. go. No, no, no. No <laughs> go. <laughs> I love it. I I know how it, you felt, though, because I went through it in December. It hit our whole family. And it's really tricky these days because it's it COVID or is it, you know, what, what we usually get around the holidays when we're run down and tired and eating all that sugar. So I absolutely understood. And I'm glad that you took the break. Well, I am glad as well. And, you know, it went through your family and now it's mm-hmm. gone through my family. And now we were excited that we could actually focus back on the show again yeah. because things are going crazy. And I just like to thank everybody who has downloaded the episodes of people who watch us on Facebook and YouTube on mm-hmm. your favorite podcast. It's just it's been crazy. The response that we've gotten, especially with the recovered life community. So thank you to everyone yes. who has who, who participates in this because it's a group journey, right? We all recover together it absolutely and is. it's not the same. It's not the same without you guys, no. but I did, I, you know, look, I'm busting at the seams because we're, I wanted to make this announcement. You're going to be joining me as the co-host I am, and it's going to be exciting. We've got our own like view uh-huh. of recovery going right now. Absolutely. I'm very excited to join you. And I thank you again for asking me to, and I'm honored to be serving this community. Truly. I think we're going to do some beautiful things together. You know, beautiful things are already happening. Uh, for, for those of you who don't join us on Clubhouse, Christina and I are on Clubhouse four days a week, minimum of four days a week. Right. Talking everything about codependency, talking about addiction, about motivation, mm-hmm. how to, you know, how to really move and get your best recovered life, because that's what this show is all really about. So good. So good. I love I love the community that we're developing and I love our Clubhouse room. So for sure, join us. And this is one of the exciting announcements that we want to make on the show. We're going to be going live several days a week. And our goal here, guys, is to really make this the CNN of recovery. But the only way that we could really do that is through your help. So like and share, definitely, uh, if you're getting some value out of this. We've got a lot of guests you know, aimed even for this week. We got Gabria Jello coming back this week. Mm-hmm. I know you've got some great relationship stuff that's happening. So definitely, uh, I cannot wait to share all this stuff with you guys, but I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I've got a recovery thing to talk about, Christina. Please. This was such a production show getting this going. It It was so simple, (laughs) but we had every technical problem. And this brings us to this whole 
overarching perfection thing, right? And oh. I know it's Valentine's Day and we're going to get there because yep. we've got a great segment we want to show everybody uh, about Machine Gun Kelly, which right. I, I, it's, come it's on. going to tie right in. This you is going to be great. You mean you suffer from a little bit of perfectionism, Damon? Oh, come on. Big time. <laughs> I watched it from afar because Big I'd time. already been through COVID. But yeah, it was really, it was a struggle. It was Let really me tell you, coming off of COVID, not feeling the best, <laughs> hacking up a lung, having a little brain fog, and Christina's just gear, you know, walking me through the, because I'm just like, I'm pretty good technically. Yes. But we had some weird audio issue where for the life of us, we couldn't solve it. Well, I mean, giving up our perfectionistic tendencies is really difficult for those of us in the recovery community. And I know uh, it's like one of the keys. And the, here's the, the sucky part of it. The only way that you can learn how to be human is by being human. <laughs> you have to, the only way to be comfortable with less than perfect is by being less than perfect. And so there is a rainbow after all of this. It's worth it. Um, I know a lot of people that I have been in recovery for a long time with suffer from it as well. And it's just so good to kind of go into this whole situation knowing that it's going to be what it is and we are not perfect. And, you know, I know that sounds glib. I know that sounds like, well, of course we're not, but I believe strongly. And it's definitely my case that I thought I had to be perfect to be worthy. And it drove me to use substances. So I think it's an important topic about to talk about. And I think it's an important uh, lesson for every person. And it's one that I'm going to keep relearning and learning and learning as I can. Well, I'll tell you, I always said this recovery thing would be absolutely great if we didn't have to have powerlessness and unmanageability. <laughs> I, those two things I've struggled with since uh -oh. day one. Uh -oh. right? You know, back in the early 90s, <laughs> right. little Damon Frank was struggling with powerless and unmanageability. What do you and mean? I, oh, come on. And you know what? And this is the whole thing about perfectionism. You know, one of the things that has been great about our clubhouse community is that it's so not perfect. Correct. But the imperfection of it makes it perfect, Christina. Like we've had some amazing clubhouse rooms just based on imperfection. Yep. Absolutely. And it is the beautiful part of life. And if you were raised at home like I was, that you weren't allowed to, yet perfection was actually attainable, was put in your head, whether it was actually said to you or you just decided. Plus, we don't live in a world that really uh, embraces that. I think we're walking toward that. I wouldn't say we're running toward that, but I think we really are. And I think that people are starting to see behind the scenes. Uh, but there's a lot of good that comes out of social media. And there's also a lot of comparison that comes out of it. And so it's important to talk about it. You know, I, uh, I struggle as well as anybody else with insecurity, frustration, you know, turning in work. And lately I've been thinking about this concept and I'm borrowing it from another coach, whereas go for B plus work go for B plus work because there is no report card at the end of our yes. life. I mean, there is maybe a report card if you don't live your life, then that's the true fail. Everything else is an experience. Well, you Still. don't want perfectionism to stop you, right? Mm -mm. Don't You don't want it to stop you from actually executing. And this is the big thing that we've learned on the Recovered Life Show. Uh, when we first started the member community, uh, right. look, you know, it was less than perfect. 
but we we kept we kept doing it and more and more people joined and it became something way bigger than we could have created on our own um and it's the same thing with the show you can't let it stop you no. from really you know really doing what you need to do so if you're going to get a b plus if you're going to get a b minus and do it it's better than getting it's it's better than not doing it at all Yep, it absolutely is. Why not? B plus is a great grade. And I want to live my life, not some kind of, you know, uh, ability to try to make an A plus in everything I do. If I want to have an A plus, that means I'm never going to try anything new. And what a boring life. Honestly, I did not get sober from alcohol uh, to live such a boring life. It's like being in prison. Totally, totally boring. And, you know, and here's the thing. What I found so much of just recovery is showing up, right? Mm -hmm. At first, it's showing up to the meetings and then mm -hmm. it's showing up to work, right? It's showing up for your family. Just being there builds a momentum. And I think people forget about the momentum and us just being off air for a week. I know. Just me not doing shows for a week when we were doing several shows a week. I felt like a lack of momentum, but I also know it's just like, listen, things aren't going to be perfect. Right. And we just need to get that momentum going again. And the best way to build that momentum is just to start. And I think it's the same way in recovery. If there's people out there that are listening and they're, you know, they're struggling with staying sober. Or they're trying to get sober and they're thinking tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. Uh, you know, today, today, today would be my the, message. The blessed Monday. When do I stop doing what I've been doing now? Now, you know, get to a meeting. Don't try to figure it all out. Do not go there. Um, that was one of the things that was spoken into me when I first got sober. I had no idea that uh, that there was all of these options out there. And so when I first discovered it and people actually understood why I drank the way I drank, it was like coming home. It really was. And it got better and better and better. So hang in there. All right. Well, you Jump know, Christina, the, that is my that is my thought on perfectionism. I'm Good. trying to end it. You know, it's my 2022 goal. That and <laughs> happiness in perfectionism. We will watch. We will watch for it. And thank you for again for inviting me to be a co-host. I'm so excited. Thank you to everyone who follows us. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on IGTV. Uh, you. The way to support us is by liking and following and sharing because we're here for you and we want this community to grow. So that is one of the most exciting things that is happening to me is being part of this community. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that, Christina, because it really is about the people who are listening. Mm -hmm. It's about the recovered community and so many people on, you know, and look, if you're not a member of the Recovered Life app, you know, you can find that at recoveredlife.us. You can just click and become a member totally for free. And that's a community going 24-7 of people just like you that are in recovery, right? Just like us. And Absolutely. it's really a high-level conversation. And that's what we wanted to do here uh, with Recovered Life. We wanted to have this high-level conversation. Now, Christina, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Yes, uh, me too. You know, what expectation, talk about perfectionism, expectation, right. expectation. It's just like, it's crazy, the expectation that you have. And then this interpretation of love. And I know, you know, look, we, we've interviewed a lot, you a lot on mm -hmm. the Recovered Life show, and you are a codependency expert. Yes. That's what you do day to day, right? Yes. And 
this whole thing with Machine Gun Kelly, and you got to set this up because I when do. I saw this, I texted you. I was sick in bed, and I was like, "Going, this be is real? absolutely insane. This cannot be real that this happened." So please d- tell Absolutely. people what's going on with this. <laughs> well, first of all, I do want to say, for Machine Gun Kelly's sake, this is not the first time that we've seen this before. Our world is reveled uh, revels in this kind of make believe fantasy type relationship, and what was printed borders on obsession. And this is not the first time I've seen this. Um, There's Jerry Maguire, you completely, that is codependency at its finest. And that was like the line. And I've heard it all over since then, right? It's become a catch line. The other one is uh, I took my 13 year old uh, daughter's uh, friend's daughter to the Twilight series, right? And this is pre they are going after these type of people and the first one there was a line in there where the main vampire character edward um uh talked to kristen stewart's character and he said uh, you are like heroin to me and i remember listening to it and cringing and thinking no 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 this is all wrong now that wasn't the way i always felt but i felt like that now you know with some recovery in my belt and when i left my 13 year old companion said isn't that the most romantic line you've ever heard oh my gosh and i tried to talk to her about obsession versus love and she wasn't having any of it so i'm really glad that you are bringing this up because now we see it 2022 this story about yes like you're putting out machine gun is love pain no it is yeah. not pain it and is just to not. set it up he got a ring and you know what maybe what we should do is we should show this clip we've got a great clip from entertainment tonight i think it's et canada so i want to i want to okay. give the i want to give the proper uh credit to that right okay and let me see if i could show this on the stream here because this sets up exactly what he said you because, you know, I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. So I went to the tweet. <laughs> I saw this interview and I and I was a bit shocked, to be honest. So to, let's check out. Uh, let's check out this uh, segment real quick. is one ring, but I designed it with Stephen uh, Webster to 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 be two: the emerald, her birthstone and the diamond, my birthstone set on two magnetic bands of thorns that draw together as two halves of the same soul forming the obscure heart that is our love yeah and and in a new interview with vogue he revealed more details about those bands of thorns explaining the concept is that the ring can come apart to make two rings when it's together it's held in place by a magnet so you see how it snaps together and then it forms an obscure heart and you see this right here the bands are actually thorns so if she tries to take it off it hurts (laughs) and the reasoning behind that that decision love is pain now Wow. Right. Right? Okay. Okay. Love. (laughs) I got to put it up on the screen again here, Christina, because it's hard to even believe. Machine Gun basically says, he says, love is pain. So basically, if you take the ring off, it hurts. Yeah. And and the reason why he says this is love is pain. And look, just to to admit, we did not interview him or ask for a quote. So we're just taking what is reported here. So maybe that was not the intention. I want to throw that out. But wow. Well, he is. He is quoted in the Vogue interview of saying, after all, love is pain. And to me, this reeks of, you know, some type of ownership, but it really reeks of obsession. And I can tell you, obsession is not love. 
All right. It is not love. And I don't know if it will sell any tickets, but I'd sure like to see a entertainment movie put out about what, you know, true love feels like. I think we got a little closer to it in the animated series Frozen, where it was actually the sisterly love, because true love is is not about pain. It is about being with and growing your life together. And maybe it doesn't have that angsty, you know, view that we're looking for, but this is what I grew up on. And I know many, many people who come into recovery that this is what they're using as their model for romantic love. And I can tell you, it never works out. That come here, stay away game, that passion is what they want to call it. I call it obsession. These are very dangerous things to think about. And for people who are getting into romantic relationships, it's why whenever that romantic relationship, in my opinion, dies down, then it, all of a sudden there's a big fight and then there's a big comeback together because they're re-upping the ante to keep playing that dynamic. It's not at all the kind of love that I'm looking for. Yeah, you you know you mentioned the uh, you you mentioned the whole thing about uh, the love is pain mm -hmm. and the you complete me with Jerry mm -hmm. Maguire and this is the thing I was going to say about this because when I saw this I said wow that is a relationship <laughs> that is going to be super volatile because the expectations there right the mm -hmm. expectations that somehow like and you know and i started to kind of think about this a little bit i was like all right if you're thinking that love is pain right. that means that you grew up with the expectation of seeing a lot of chaos right and then interpreting this look the only way that somebody's gonna love me or what love really looks like is dysfunction right that that's not love that's dysfunction right i mean true that's just not at all yeah. anywhere close to uh, I hurt you because I love you. Don't you know this is hurting me more than it's hurting you? I mean, these are the things, in all fairness, that probably our parents were raised with the same kind of, you know, uh, situation where they were told, I'm hurting you because I'm loving you because I love you. And it's just not that truth. And it, what it does is it creates a disconnect in us as children because all children believe that things are their faults. We're ego-centered because we have to be, and we cannot possibly believe that our caregiver is wrong. So we start putting that formula in, love is pain, and that is not true. And it takes time to unravel that, but we need better examples. And look, I wish them the best. I don't want anything to be, you know, I don't want to say, you know, they can't work out or they can work out. I just know that that formula that opposites attract or finding the person in the room who's the most difficult and then that storyline of, okay, I turned you around, so I must be worthy of something is codependency. And it's trying to work yeah. out our past with our present. Very, very difficult. And we see this a ton, guys. We, we see, don't we, Christina? We mm -hmm. see this in early recovery. One of the things that they say is do not date in early recovery. <laughs> like that's a big 12-step thing, right? Because right. people are like, don't date in early recovery because you're going to attract what you really ultimately don't want, right? Right, right. You're going to attract dysfunction because you are dysfunction. And so many people, uh, so many people say no. Oh, yeah. I know better. I'm going to do better. I was pretty good in early, very early recovery. I was pretty good. Oh, good but I got about six months into it and I was like, I oh, forget it. I know better.
<laughs> yeah, I wasn't good. I wasn't. Uh, well, I hate to even judge it as moral, but I, I definitely did not take the suggestion of staying away from a serious relationship in the first year. And, you know, I learned from it. So I don't call anything a failure or a mistake. But I think that my life would have been a lot easier if I had taken the time to focus on myself and really try to work out where the love comes from, you know, and nobody can show up in a relationship and have somebody else complete them. They have to know you could grow together, but there has to be a, a, a agreement that that's what you're doing. You're each going to work on yourself separately and you're going to work on the relationship, but it is nobody else's responsibility to make you happy. Well, one of the things when we were talking about this episode, we said, hey, you know what? We, we've got to address this whole thing about relationships and recovery, because as you go through recovery, you realize that it's all about relationships, right? Right. Not just romantic relationships, by the way. I mean, I know it's Valentine's Day. I yes. know that that's going on, but it's not just romantic relationships. It's all relationships, right? It really it's is. all relationships. We can all be spiritual in a cave, right? We can all not lose our temper if nobody's around us, but that isn't really living. You know, you don't know how much recovery you have or what you need to work on until you bump up against another human and you have to show up. And I wasn't taught about self-love. In fact, quite the opposite. And so I, my heart, I'm very compassionate to people who show up. But if you're pointing the finger at somebody or seeking lower companionship or trying to be the better one in the relationship, you need to work on stuff because it's delusional. It's yeah. Yeah. Delusional. And you know what? This is interesting because there's so many people that are in recovery. They're listening to this. Look, they might not listen to it today. Mm -hmm. You know, they might download this a month from now on iTunes and listen to this episode. But you, you will find the longer in recovery, many people go out two issues that I see a lot of guys go out on Christina. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, it is dating. Yes. Right. It's romantic relationships. Right. And it is money. Absolutely. Those two things. And to be honest, the, the money I think is second. It's yes. the romantic, you know, you see people come in, they get cleaned up, they do six months, they do a year. They actually have a good program skating along. They end up in a relationship, especially a non-healthy relationship it just implodes. They hit the wall out drinking or using drugs again. Absolutely. It's slippery. And there's a reason why everyone is warned against it. It's very, very slippery. You have got to heal yourself before you can walk into another place. It's not fair to the other person to show up like that. And who we are going to attract are the people that remind us of our wounding. So Everybody take time, right? <laughs> take time. Yeah, Work yeah. on yourself. Self-care is a loving action toward your partner. Um, and that is something to remember. How do you promote more love? Start with promoting the love that you have for yourself. Well, you just you just mentioned the whole, you know, we're talking about Machine Gun Kelly because, mm -hmm. look, he's famous, right? Right. He's in the news or whatever. And I'm not picking on Machine Gun Kelly because I'm sure he's a nice guy. You know, I don't know Machine Gun Kelly, yeah, but I, I, I will tell you this. I have seen this in the rooms so many times. I've seen this with, with, with people I've either worked with or friends. What right. happens is they don't work on their own stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And they go along and then they decide, oh my gosh, the relationship is going to fix me. And Absolutely. they run into the relationship, just like the whole, the job and money is going to fix me. The car is mm -hmm. going to fix me. And then at the end of it, they realize it's like, oh no, 
none of this fit me. So there's this, you know, there's this hangover when you find out that, quote, they don't complete you. Yeah. Right. Do the, yeah, do the best you can not to take a hostage with you while you're on that route. And that's what you would call another person in your relationship. If you are in a relationship with don't send them on the same journey as you let them work on them. You work on you. It will be better. Well, that's what you you were saying in this in this room that I was in with you in Clubhouse. We were doing a recovered life room about codependency. Mm-hmm. You were talking about the whole thing about people not even being attracted right. in recovery to healthy relationships. And you gave this great example that when you were back in early recovery and dating, yes, uh, that you know about how unattractive that was to you. Yes, somebody I- that would actually do it right. Yeah, my first date, very nice, nice man, uh, you know, successful and happy. And I still remember his smile. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. Um, and he took me out to a lovely pace, place and walked around and he wanted to do a carriage ride, which was a little over the top for me. But I had a visceral response like, gross. No, I don't. Why are you being so nice to me? You know, ooh. And I, I ended up going out with somebody who wasn't nearly as far along in his recovery or his mindset. And I think about that and I, every relationship where somebody showed up for me that was maybe a little on the healthier side, I sabotaged. I didn't even recognize it. It was too scary. And I didn't believe that that was what love was or even high regard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is very, very common in recovery, you know, and I think the as the journey goes on, the more that you work on yourself, the more that that starts to unfold. You know, we talk a lot about doing inventories, too. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've done that. I've done that where mm-hmm. you write just even for friendships, too. And I think yes. that this is even good. I did this a while ago because, you know, hey, like with COVID, I, I don't know about you, but after now going through this COVID thing mm-hmm. and being locked in, I feel like this is like the 15th year right. that we've been <laughs> locked in, right? I feel that all of my things that I used to do, the casual stuff, especially recovery stuff where we'd meet somebody for fellowship or we'd go do something, right? Or we'd like just hang out or do a service commitment. That's all gone. So I had to kind of get pen to paper and Mm -hmm. say, you know what? Hey, I'm going to have to reinvent how I do friendships Mm -hmm. if everybody's on quarantine in LA forever, right? Right. I'm going to have to reinvent that. Right. And I think that there was uh, there there is a gift in that, because as you continue to recover in your life, things that used to uh, interest you may not. It's not a judgment on people being in a certain place in their life. As you grow, you know, that's going to, you know, be important that you have people around you that like some of the same things you like now. And uh, I think that people struggle with letting go of friendships or hanging out with other people as much. And this was a really big clearing about, you know, what matters and how much you want to connect and how much time are you going to allow yourself to be distracted by the doings or the perfectionism and what are you going to do to actually have uh, a deep relationship? We don't, um, prior to COVID, I know a lot of people, it was really uh, easy to accidentally become friends. It was really easy to have activity in your life that maybe wasn't uh, serving you or helping you have a better recovery program. But now we know like 
this has to happen. And I believe that that drive for connection has made some really great places like the recovered life for people to get together and say, I want to be serious about my recovery. I want to have fun in my recovery, but mostly I want to go deep in my recovery. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I think, look, I always say that the graduate school of mm -hmm. addiction recovery is ACOA. Yes. It is working on relationships. It's, it's um, you know, understanding the patterns right. that are going on in your life, right? Yep. The patterns that keep repeating over and over and over. And, you know, look, the whole thing, and, you know, I just want to, you know, want to end this whole topic <laughs> with relationships with this expectations thing. Yes. This Valentine's Day, it was funny because on the clubhouse room this morning, uh, a guy shared about how men had way more expectations. Right. And it was interesting what the women, how the women in the room commented on that. Mm -hmm. At first, I think there was a pushback. No, women have much more. But then I think as it kind of went on, women were starting to kind of agree. It's like, wow, there's a lot of unrealistic expectations. True, true. And with both sides, with everybody. But with everybody. With yes, with everybody. And and I I thought that was very interesting perspective that was shared this morning. It was such a good conversation. And I love the idea that we're not going to make it up. It's just like Mother's Day. We're not going to make up our relationship with our mother by taking her to brunch on Mother's Day. We're not going to make up uh, any kind of strife or struggle you have in your relationship by doing one act. And a lot of women were really quick to say, I don't really expect that much. I'd much rather have the loving acts all the rest of the year. It's really important that I have a true partnership and taking out, you know, who is that for anyway? The restaurants are busy, uh, you know, <laughs> it's supposed to be just the two of you. It's on a Monday. Who does that really work for? I'd much rather have my husband pull out a weekend that is around our anniversary, let's say, because yeah. that's about us and really letting us do what we like to do, not going out to dinner, not posting it on Instagram, you know, not comparing my flowers to your flowers, just truly enjoying it. And that the whole topic at the beginning of the show was about perfectionism. And, uh, you know, when you think about it, what are our expectations and who gave them to us? Just like perfectionism, who did we, you know, what did we decide was this is the way it's supposed to be? So I really encourage people to, um, you know, talk to your partner. Uh, I like Valentine's Day. We talked about that again this morning. You know, the whole idea of sending out love to everyone that's in your world and uh, in your inner okay, circle. Okay, Christina, first, first, now you've made it harder on the guys. So and sorry. now you're hitting us with Galentine's Day. <laughs> so now we now, so now we're going to go through Valentine's Day. And now we've got to th go through Galentine's Day well, again. You you don't because you're not a gal. No. Um, we it's something that came up with Parks and Recreations, and I think it's really really sweet and funny. It was originally on one of their episodes, and uh, I've noticed that it's a trend, and it really actually happened yesterday. So we're in the clear. But there was a trend to celebrate love on a different day with your friends, and so you have to come up with your own you know, dude thing, whatever you want to do. But for us, that's what it's reserved for. So you're off the hook. It's women being kind and supportive of each other. Well, February 14th, here we are. It is Valentine's Day. Uh, 
Christina, this has been a great episode. We got a lot in store this week. We've got yes. we're going live a lot this week. If you're seeing us live right now, we're gonna pick a time that every day that we know we're gonna be able to go live. We're putting all that together now and a mass expansion. Yes. Of recovered life. And you know what? Look, one of the biggest relationships that you can have is your relationship with your recovery. Yes. We definitely know that. And you know, if you're listening to this and you're having kind of a sad Valentine's Day, I, I would say, you know what? Have some self-love. Love yourself. Absolutely. Appreciate yourself. Appreciate Absolutely. yourself and that you're at least you're sober today and that you're here participating in your own recovery. And I think it's important to have self-love and to understand it's just like, you know what? Everything is okay exactly how it is right now. Right. That's that's love and acceptance, <laughs> which we'll have to talk about future. But it is so important. Whatever you can do today for your nervous system, if you're in a tough place, do it. And really, really take care of your heart and how you can. Because if you don't do that and you're even in a relationship, it's worse to be alone within a relationship than it is to be alone. So you got to get through step one of taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been a great uh, episode of the Recovered Life Show. I can't wait for tomorrow. Yes. Uh, tomorrow's episode. It's going to be great. We've got Gabri Agello coming up tomorrow, which is going to be good, which is our, uh, I, I call her our hip influencer. Right. Generation on, uh, Z. The Gen Z influencer. <laughs> and we're talking people. pink clouds tomorrow. We're talking about oh, pink clouds. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I good. love that. Can you remember subject. your pink cloud? Can you remember yes, and I—I I have to tell you, I have had some pink clouds ever since. You know, some yes. si since then. Yeah, you know, there have been some times, um, and uh, I, yes, I I do, but I don't think mine was as pronounced as some other people, and I'm fine with that too. But I love pink clouds. What an amazing episode! This has been so great, Christina Dennis. Thank Flynn you, is my co-host today. Thank you so much. Uh, a good goodbye to everybody. A happy Valentine's Day. All right. And we are going to see you guys tomorrow on the Recovered Life Show. Bye. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.